buddy? Amen and a women. I was just I was just uh, invited to remember amen and a women. So when you're saying amen, don't forget the women. A women. Oh Jesus, we love you. We love you. And also before we start the word, I just wanna I wanna share a burden because this is the second week in a row that Brian has come up. Because creation is very important for Brian, and we need rain. All the colors, everything, the river, everything is just bone, bone dry. Everything's changing. The colors are already changing without the cold. It's just from dryness. So, Father, we... My uh, have uh, disappeared. Does that mean they all go home? Who? What? Fly away? Butterflies? Butterfly? Oh, no, no. They're still here to stay. They just... They just came to visit. They just came to visit me. Oh. Father, we just asked that maybe we ought to maybe we ought to sing next Sunday. We'll sing "Let It Rain" because every time we we sing "Let It Rain," it rains. So, Lord, we need what will what will regenerate what's necessary for this upper valley to make it healthy and whole. Rain at night, nice saturating, saturating, soaking. Soaking, life-giving rain. So, Holy Spirit, you're the rivers of living water, so you can surely do that even without the natural rain. And let there be life in the colors in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you enjoyed this morning so far? It's pretty cool how it's uh, the spontaneous move of the Spirit. We just don't know what's going to take place when we get here, but we know He's got something that He wants to do and say. Amen? I love because when the Lord places something in my heart to minister, all of you confirm what he's desiring to do and say. And that should be something that all of you, uh, especially for you that are uh, maybe just newly to the house here and or a relationship with the Word or the Lord, you shouldn't just come to church to hear somebody tell you what to do or what not to do or what he's doing or what he's not doing. You have access all week long to talk to him, and he's going to speak to you just like he did little Wyatt during worship, right? He's going to speak to your inner man, and you're going to become awakened, and your mind's going to kind of catch up with that. And then you're going to come in Sunday morning, and then you're going to see a song, you're going to hear a scripture, and you're going to say, wait a minute, that's my scripture. I got, I got that this week. How come they're bringing my scripture? Or the song happens to be, well, that's the song I've been singing. Well, that's been my heart cry. Everything that transpires here should affirm what's already taken place, what God is speaking to you in your life. So when you come on Sunday morning, you have something to bring as well. Because you may say, well, Lord, I'm not sure if that really is a scripture that's going to fit, and I don't know what they're going to be talking about on Sunday morning. I don't want to be embarrassed, because if I say a scripture and it doesn't fit, I just don't know if I want to take that chance. Guess what? If he's been speaking the scripture to you, then it's for a purpose. And it's not just for you. So say, okay, Lord. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you do a real good job of that now. Amen. So what I want to just speak again, I just have to affirm, but in a little different context. 
of Psalm 139. Because you know I say and talk about this an awful lot. There's some things on my heart that I want to share with you that kind of enlarges, hopefully, um, what Psalms 139 has been said to you this far. And this is going to start with verse 13, and we're going to finish up at about 16. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows that very well. Now listen to this. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. I was skillfully shaped in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they are all written. Listen to this. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. So it's important for you to just rehearse that, that all the things that are transpiring in your life God is established to be part of your story. And if I may just a little bit, can I bring it a little bit personal, Wayne? (laughs) Wayne is married to Tina. Tina's been coming for a while. Wayne came like three, four weeks ago. They were down in Massachusetts the weekend before last, and he woke up, and he said, Tina, are we going to church? And she says, well, no, there isn't a church around here that we would go to. But he says, I miss it. So from the time that he has come here, he says, I can't wait until Sundays because I'm so excited. And then last Sunday, as we were praying, he said there was a white light that came down. Or last Wednesday, I'm sorry, during prayer. There was a white light that came down upon him. And that was his first time to ever come to prayer. So can I ask you, Wayne? Uh-oh. How long did you resist coming? At this point, too long. <laughs> but um, from the time Tina started coming, she'd come home and say these wonderful things about how warm everybody was and inviting, and that's what scared me. Was you have to meet people. Exactly. And I'm a salesperson. I meet people every day. glad I went. There was something in me that tugged upon my heart that said, maybe I should go. Mm-hmm. But I kept on saying, not this week, not this week. Mm-hmm. And then something overcame that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then later, <clears throat> when we were here, in fact, the first time I came, she says, you just witnessed a miracle. I said, what's that? She goes, the fact that you're here. Right. <laughs> so, so you're here. I'm here, and I, I look forward to coming every right. Sunday. Yeah. Now see, when you read Psalms 139, why were you born in the year that you were born? Why were you born in the United States? Why are you in the Upper Valley? Why do you find yourself in this household, in this family? Because I'm part of your story, and you're part of mine. So when we look at this building, it's not walls, it's a tapestry of living stones. That's what James speaks about. I guess it's 1 Peter. That we're living members of this house. 
And so it's been purposed before you and I entered into our mother's wombs that we would have the opportunity to walk out the purposes of God together. Now, look around. Would you have picked out all these people to be part of your life? Probably not. But God designed it that way. Amen? So why are all of the things that are transpiring in our lives and what we're doing, what's God's purpose? What does he want to do? Why do we find ourselves where we are? Why do we see the difficulties and the hardships and the stories that all of us have a story? But why? There used to be those that said, well, Lonnie, I'm going through a divorce and you just have no idea what I'm going through because you've been born with a silver spoon in your mouth. Anybody born of Adam has not been born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Everyone has wounds. Everyone has a story. Everyone has had their own difficulty. I don't care what the outside appears to be. Because we're a fallen people, and without God, there is no ability to be reconciled with God and or restored. Because the word says, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if you can't stand yourself, how can you do that? And if we relied on our history... Wayne, we'd be great salesmen, and most of us already are, aren't we, Peggy? Or Pam, I'm sorry. We've been able to carry this story, but not allowing the true story to come out. But what's happening now is is that people that know your life are seeing the real story, because they're seeing the change that's transpiring. And so, again, what's going to be important for you to understand as I'm talking this morning, what is this all purposed for? Amen? Let's go to Luke if we could. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. If you listen to the songs, you can see this isn't all pre-rehearsed. This isn't programmed. This is the Holy Spirit moving to affirm to you why you're here, why we're here, where we are headed, what His purpose is for your life. So many people have said, well, I don't know what my purpose is in life. I don't really fit into the church. We're not trying to fit into a church. We're trying to see God as we set ourselves in position to allow him to fulfill Psalms 139. Everything that he's desired for your life to become so that he might be revealed. He's established creation. Brian has a heart cry for creation. And all of creation is for what? Our pleasure. He's created all of this that we might enjoy his creation and that what he's given us. Types and shadows in many ways of the garden. A place of peace and relationship with the Father. There was no separation. There was no clove leaves. Or fig leaves, excuse me. There was a face-to-face with the living God. What's his goal? To see us so whole and complete that once again that we can be face to face with him and he'll inhabit, he'll dwell with us. That's what Tabernacles is all about. And we'll have this time to talk to him. When we wake up in the morning, he'll be there. When we have questions, we have things that we just don't quite understand, he'll be there. But purpose. Why has your story been written the way it has? And supernaturally... Why have you responded? 
Because I could say all through my life in a number of areas that I've responded rightly, I know me. (laughs) I don't have anything in me to respond the way God wants me to respond. His sovereignty and his purpose to know that what he's written concerning me, he wants to see it fulfilled. He wants to see your life fulfilled. And we can keep, you know, we can white knuckle and we can sit on our hands and we can put our tongue and we can do all these things that we're trusting, we're believing, that we're doing all the right things and we're purposing to do everything that we can. But ultimately, he's a sovereign God. He loves us so much more than we can even comprehend or contain that he so much desires that we might have that time again in the garden with him, face to face, that he wants your story to be fulfilled. Because that's the goal of the story. But in the process of that destination, I want you to listen to Luke 4.18. And this is Jesus' words. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's what your life is designed and purposed for. That's your mission. That's your story. Obviously, he desires in many ways, a part of our story, to enjoy life. Anybody burning the candle at both ends? Anybody got a list and you take a few things off the list and guess what? You think you've got a little bit extra time and then three or four more things come to take the place of two other things. We have an adversary that wants to rob and steal your time because he doesn't want you to finish, accomplish your story. Or he recognizes the Spirit of the Lord is upon you and he doesn't want you to see, he doesn't want to see you setting the captives free, healing the sick, raising the dead, bringing sight to the blind. So I just love what's happening in each one of your lives. Now I have to share something with you. Our oldest granddaughter was married last June. And of course her and her husband have not been to the church. Right? So it's a beautiful, beautiful wedding. The first wedding that I wasn't asked to do. She says, Grandpa, I'm going to ask Uncle Jed to do the wedding. Because she said, I want to start something new. I want you to be able to take in everything. I want you to be able to enjoy it. And of course, I got 11 grandchildren. Hello? So she's now started something which is part of my story because I'm part of her story. Now, in saying that, you've got to see this. Any of you have been to the library? As a child, ever check out a book? When it came after the wedding and it was a seating arrangement for everyone of where they were going to seat, be seated at the dinner party. These were all on a board. And your seat assignment was on these library cards. My granddaughter doesn't come to this church. She doesn't listen to the words. Mine was Lonnie Janesee, chapter 1. <laughs> Kathy was Kathleen Janesee, Chapter 2, June 1st, 2019. Welcome to the most awaited part of our story so far.
So here we have two families. They're from Long Island. And they are lifelong Long Island. They're really Long Island. So we have a beautiful setting. And it first started out, them and us. But God had something else in mind. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Upon us. It took about 15 minutes. All of us as family began to go to different members of the family. I'm talking tattoos. I'm talking everything. The melting of the hearts. The seating arrangements, which was so cool because we were sitting with other family members. It wasn't them and us. They purposed to bring the two to blend the families together. So in turn, the wife, the husband next to me, it was crazy. She's starting to tell me about her story. I understand you're a pastor. Then she went into the whole story of her father. And it wasn't pleasant. The hurt, the scars, the pain. But then because of Psalms 139, and she had one of these cards, I said, well, can I tell you something? Because this particular woman was a Christian woman and her family were. So I began to tell her the story of her story within the story. One of my telephone number, one to contact us, one to email. All the things the father of the young man, the bride, groom. I text him once a month. He now lives on a boat in the summer months in Long Island. I told him about Psalms 139. He says, when I get back, I'm going to sit on my boat and I'm going to read Psalms 139. But I said, you need to start with verse 1 and read the whole thing. So what's transpiring right now is, is that we're seeing this life expression of the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, let me fashion this in a different direction. The food bank last year fed 33,000 people and 100,000 pounds of food. We've already done that mid-September. We still have October, November, and December. So, keep in mind, story. We go to a wedding, story. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. It's about relationship. What do you think the people that are coming to our food bank, why are they coming to ours? To get food. Really? To get food. Really? Have they been brought to us because they're part of our story and we're part of theirs? Because when you go over there, I would say 75, 80, 85% of them, they care about the food, but they care more about having conversation and being cared about and being accepted and being loved. And they might bring somebody else so they can see for themselves who these people are and that they care and they listen more than food. 
So as we begin to see our lives as the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, I know many of us work five, six, shouldn't be working seven days a week. And I know a lot of times Sundays are holy because that's your family time. But I want you to then consider stepping outside of just your family time and then begin to realize, are you part of somebody's story that still is a missing link? Or, because we keep thinking that we're given to somebody else. Let me tell you, when you go over there, you receive just as much as you give. So is there somebody over there that needs to be a part of your story that you just haven't met yet and don't realize it? And then there's more to come. Yes, ma'am. Pam, she's awesome. Redhead, that's right next to you, Janet. Jeanette, it's, it's kind of red. Okay, now stop and think about that. Then that means there's probably somebody that looks like you that's on the bus that met her that's probably destined for here. See, we just think, oh, I'm riding the bus. It's just by coincidence, just by chance. Good morning. It's just like, oh, you know, this just, these are just happenstance. Are you kidding me? If the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, and that's what Jesus said soon as he then had that desire, but also the empowerment, I'm going to the earth to build relationships. Because he knew in himself, some think about it. If Jesus, had, if anybody had a history, he did, illegitimate. In the eyes of men. Illegitimate in the world, right? You are the son of God. Who do you think you are? Rumors, lies, all the things that were placed upon him. He wasn't going to minister to mankind without. And that's why he declared it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the good news, to reach out to the poor, to set the captives free, to declare the the favorable year of the Lord. And so it's a bus ride. It's the Walmart. It's anywhere you go. That person, that's why I'm trying to just take us out beyond just our own personal story, because we read Psalms 139, and then we start getting these blinders, right? And all of a sudden, it's all about our life and what's going on. But God's saying, no, I'm going to bring people into your life that are part of your story, but you're also part of theirs. Mm-hmm. A sad story? A short story. A short story, sure. Back a while ago, I got a uh, small inheritance. My sister kept convinced, trying to convince me to get a car. And I kind of looked at it this way. I'm like, now wait a minute. First you buy the car, then you get it registered, then you get it inspected. By the time you get done with all that money, you ain't got much left. And then, oh, what happens if it breaks down? What do you pay with? You only got so much money coming in. So the next thing you know, well, I think riding the bus is a lot better. It's free. (laughs) Amen. Now Now see, you've got to listen to what Val is saying. Because her story wasn't to put money into a car. Her heart story is is that I love people. 
sure it's inconvenient. Sometimes I fall, push in my buggy and stuff. But this is what I love to do because that's what her story is written concerning her. And she'd be missing that part. So if she got a car and spent on all of that, I guarantee you two, three years down the road, it'll be all rusted out and she'll be back on the bus. Because that's what God planned for her. So now, next door, it's a key part because it's a preparation for what is about to come. Once again, for those of you who are here, we're talking about carrying the ark of what this next move. God brought his presence, which was in an ark. David had recaptured it and was going to bring it back to Jerusalem. Brought it to a new place. The old tabernacle, God says, you're not going to put it there. I'm building a new one. You're going to have a tent. I'm going to reestablish a whole priesthood. And there's going to be singers and there's going to be dancers. So what's happening? God is about to move his presence, but he's about to expand his presence into more of your story. And that's why when it was described this morning, it was necessary for the priest to carry the altar on their shoulders because they tried to put it on a cart. And isn't that much easier? Well, let's... Let other people do the work over there. Isn't that a lot easier? Amen. Isn't that a lot easier? <laughs> the, the ministry. Oh, I don't really feel the Spirit of the Lord upon me. So, Tina, you, you, take, you take my place. You fulfill my story. Mm-mm. See, we're in such a wonderful time right now, and I know it's a sacrifice. I understand that. If anybody's given their heart to Him, everyone knows what sacrifice and obedience is all about. And we keep learning every day, every week, every month, every year, and it changes. But one thing that never changes, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. You've been created for a purpose. And that Psalms 139, that story, fashioned and shaped in the inward parts of your mother's womb long before you were there for such a time as this. So when you try to figure out, how did I get here? Haven't you watched some of these old cowboy movies and didn't you... Always wanted to be riding a horse and you know have a six gun in both hands and doing this. Can I tell you because I was a police officer, seldom do you ever shoot a thirty eight or a forty five with one hand? Because the kickback, you're you're not just, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot him up, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be riding my horse. Exactly. In the academy because I was I uh, was with L.A. County Sheriff's Department in the academy. Um, it was called the East L.A. Hills, and the academy was down below. East L.A. Hills were where all the Chicanos, all the gangs and stuff. Hood. So anyway, there was a shooting range. So we'd run three miles. We had guards at both ends of our run. And then we would go to the shooting range. And if you ever tried to shoot a revolver and you don't have breath... Just one revolver is almost impossible. Almost impossible. 
But didn't you think about maybe being a gladiator? Why wasn't I born a gladiator? Because your story was created for such a time as this. All the things that are going on with your children and all the things that are transpiring. You might make a stand for your children. You might make a stand for your family. You may make a stand for what God has created your story to be. Because, not in your own abilities, not in your own strength, it's because the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. And that's what you've been called to be released into this earth right where you are. Well, but Lonnie, you know, I failed here and I kind of just fell short there. And Go through the Scriptures. Other than Jesus, did God ever choose any one perfect man or woman? No. And God forbid, as Moses, he was called and spent 40 years on the backside of the mountain just to get it to the place where he could say the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. But we are all on an accelerated course. And that's why it's so difficult. And sometimes it seems like, well, why can't I overcome this? And why can't I've been here before? Why can't I just... Because he doesn't want you to do it in your own strength. He wants you to know who you are and what he's created your life to become and what your story is all about. Well, why did this have to happen in my life? Part of your story. You can't make other people's choices for them, can you? But we can respond and make the right choices because the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. And there's something that transpires inside of our lives. We don't want to have to go through adversity to be able to have street smarts to tell somebody that I know what you're talking about. But let me tell you, God will bring people into your life like at that wedding and they'll just start pouring out their heart. Why was she telling me about her father? Because I hated my father growing up. And why? Because the passion and the empathy. I hear what you're saying. I feel what you're saying. And so all of the things that are transpiring right now, I just want to encourage you. I know it's time. I know it's difficult. I know it takes planning. It takes a willingness. But think about next door, what's about to be before us, We walked through that building. I took a young man through the building, a professional young man who's a lawyer. I met with him earlier at Jed's place for coffee, and I gave him the case statement. And he told me, you know what, you've been part of my life. I mean, in the natural, I mean, this kid's like 30 years old, and and there's no commonality. But I said, you know what, I believe that you've been placed in my life for more than what we both realize. So he came and walked through the building, and he's just like this, you know, he's just like, but he's been telling everybody about it. And I just told him, you know what, you've been part of my life for a reason, and I don't know what that is yet. But I said, I want to find out. So all of these settings that we find ourselves in, and I just want to, Luke 4.18, Psalms 1.39. If you could incorporate those two in your daily life, you don't have to be perfect to have the Spirit of the Lord upon you, or it wouldn't be on any of us. Hello? 
or it would not be on any of us. All of us are incomplete. All of us are purposing to repent and see God put those things in our lives or take those things in our lives and be far from us and let his nature be the substance of the life that we are. But we're not there yet, are we? But we inch a little bit closer every single day. Oh, man, I wish I wouldn't have said that. I wish I could pull those words back. Too late. Too late. They're out. All right, Lord, how do I humble myself? I am so sorry that I just, I don't know why. Or a reaction. Because as long as you can pinch this flesh and still feel it, guess what? Your adversary is going to try to tempt you and test you. But what does the Word say that God uses that for? He tests those that He loves. He says, you're not bastard children. I test and try those whom I love. And that's why so many times the devil tries to take credit for something he's doing all along. God's saying, you know what? I know how to refine the inward parts to bring that word come forth, to bring that story to where then they will rely on the Spirit of the Lord. They won't rely on themselves or their past. So I hope this helps you when you... (laughs) When the Holy Spirit asks you, uh, when you're walking into Walmart and there's somebody sitting on the bench waiting for the bus, I always purpose to go over and say either good morning or good afternoon. And that's an opportunity to find out if they want to pour out because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And most of the time they'll just say hi. But sometimes, you know what? There'll be a hook that snags the heart and all of a sudden they just... Have you got a minute? Of course I do. I don't, but I do. And I will. So the essential tenderness of the Lord and who you are. And see, we've, we've talked a lot about identity and all the things that we continue to wrestle with. And I'm going to leave you with this. Because we use Jesus as an example and we say, oh, and Moses, all those were impossible people because I'm just, you know, that's just a story. Well, Paul was very clearly a human being that went through difficulty all the days of his life from the time he was knocked off of his horse till he died. But here's a man that God used, trust me, to evangelize almost 6,000 miles of territory by walking, by boat, by every means you can. And this is Paul's heart cry. God, why do I keep doing the things that I don't want to do and shouldn't do? And why can't I do the things that I know that I should be doing? And he judges no man after the flesh because he knew it is Christ in me. It's the power of the cross. It's the power of the resurrection. It's Christ in me that's the only, the only substance that brings me to a place where I can carry out this life, this Psalms 139, the story that God has written concerning my life. And so as we begin to see our days unfold from this point on, it's wonderful because when God speaks, there's certain things that just come, become quickened, like little Wyatt during worship. 
I don't believe he's ever been exposed to this kind of worship. And so because we're all spirit beings, spirit, soul, and body, once his spirit man that was created by God, designed by God for worship, right? He comes into the presence of something that he's never touched before. And, he's, and you can just see him. It's like, what's, what's going on in here? What's, you know, wow. It's just like, it's just like, what? And how do we come to the Lord? Like little children. And see, that's where God wants to bring back that which was removed, stolen, robbed from you. And that's why this is a safe place. Why we don't do Hail Mary full of grace and all the rituals and the robes and all of the things that are orchestrated. You know what? We're a family and God knows your needs. So all of a sudden we come in the morning and God says, well, there's a need over here. So I think we're going to orchestrate things a little bit different. We're just not going to start singing songs. And all of a sudden, somebody else comes in and says, oh, God says, all right, then we need to be able to voice something here because there's something in that person's heart that needs to hear my voice. And so you have someone that goes up to the microphone and reads the scripture. And then what God does is he takes his voice and then he speaks to the person that really needs his voice. And he takes that word through a person and then he quickens and makes that alive and all of a sudden gives them hope. And or a song or an embrace. Because when you're embracing Val, who's inside of her? Jesus. When people are on the bus, who's talking to who's talking to Val? People are talking to who? Jesus. And that's why Now, see, and I'm going to close with this. <laughs> and I'm going to close with this, because I want to read, I want to go back to... Because, see, see this, is a whole, this is the Holy Spirit just moving, because your life and your part is so important. You're valuable. That's why you're here. You're not just filling a seat. We need what God has placed within your heart, so that all of the parts that are being assembled here, all the things that are in your heart, questions that you have, needs that you have, are all being answered. Now let me just go to this. We're going to go back to, I don't, I'm sorry I'm taking so much time, but this is important. Okay? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Amen? To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Those that have a kink in their face have just got more of an outward shell that protects them from letting anybody in. I guess that's what my neighbors have got a problem. So what, but what are you called to their life for? I must look like I'm a sealer or whatever, that they're trying to make trouble for me right now over my where I just moved in. Mm-hmm. They're telling somebody that Kenny and I are fighting, but we don't fight. I may raise my voice a little bit every now and then, trying to give you... Not you, Val. You raise your voice? No. No way. Anybody else have an issue with neighbors or anybody at work or a boss or a co-worker or anybody at the Listen Center or anything else? Those people are in such great need. And that's why Jesus went to who? He didn't go to the religious. He didn't go to the wealthy. 
He went to the harlots. He went to the least of these. All he had to do was sit down with them, break a piece of bread, and guess what? They, they just said, don't leave, i got so much to tell you. And so you don't know where, you don't know when, and that's why it's the Holy Spirit that does the work, Val. You're just a vessel. Amen. Say, all right, Lord, then these, those that are coming against you, have a greater need. So show me how to win favor. Show me how to win their hearts. And where does that start? Prayer. Lord, you brought me to this house, to this place for a reason. These people are my neighbors for a reason. Not to make life difficult for me. No, there's a reason because they have a need. And they just don't know you yet. Amen? So does that help a little bit? So I want to really encourage you. And again, I know it's hard because everybody's life is, is complicated and busy. But please, would you consider all of the places that these lives that have been placed in our, our metron, our rule, our influence, are part of your story. And you have an opportunity to be part of theirs. Amen? So I'm going to close now. Father, I just thank you. We got testimony. Okay, I'll close now and then. Father, I just thank you. Thank you for every person that's here. Lord, all of us have a story, and some of them are just not really pleasant. But you know what? What you've done to the unpleasant places in our lives, in my life, I see your hand. I see your handiwork. I see your person. I see the life of your son. In places where I used to react and the things that I used to think and the things that I used to do are not me. <laughs> it's that Spirit of the Lord is upon me. and You're changing my life. You're changing my attitude. You're changing how I approach things. I was once blind and now I see. I was once captive and now I've been set free. So Father, just enable us, empower us through the Holy Spirit to be able to walk out our story. Let us walk out our story. And Holy Spirit, you've been given us to walk out our days. You would light up our path every day, every week, every month. Holy Spirit, give us eyes to see and ears to hear every day of what you're speaking to us and what you're showing us. In Jesus' name, amen. We've got a testimony over here. Good testimony. Um, I just wanted to share with everybody about Jeffrey and um, something that has happened with him. So last weekend, Sunday, um, we moved him over to a bigger house. The same couple that has taken him in moved to a big farmhouse in Windsor. Absolutely gorgeous, by the way. It's four, four bedrooms, two bathrooms, and it's, it's beautiful. But um, Jeffrey um, has... I've just noticed such a huge difference in Jeff. I mean, he's just happy. Everybody that comes up to me says, you know, I saw Jeffrey at Price Shopper, and he is so happy. And I said, you know, I am so blessed that Jeffrey's happy. I just, I just wanted that for him so much. And I know everybody else did. I know that there were prayers going up. I just want to say thank you because, sorry, he is so with the right couple that God has provided him with. Last Sunday, I sat down with April, and um, Heather was there too, and Dorian. 
um, she shared with me, and she just said, I know that you think that we have brought so much to Jeff's life, but he has brought so much to our lives. We needed Jeff as much as Jeff needed us. Ah, and I just, it just really, it really, I don't, I don't know how to say it. It was just such a miracle. God opened the door at the right time for Jeffrey with the right couple, and he is happy. He's thriving. He does everything with Bill. He cuts wood. He goes out in the woods and he does things that I know I wouldn't let him do. I know I wouldn't as a mother. But, you know, I know that, that Jeffrey's growing and I'm just so happy that he's thriving. Today he's sick. He came in and he said, I don't want to get my, my church people sick. So I'm going to go back to the home. You know, so Jeffrey, I just want you to know thank you so much. And um, i, I got to share one more thing, and that is that um, I hadn't seen the new house because they had just gotten it. So I went to the house with Heather Dory, and all of us went in, and she said, um, we let Jeffrey pick out his bedroom. Whoa. So this is truly God, because I walked in that room, and does anybody know what Jeffrey's obsession is? Does anybody here know Jeffrey? Oh, bingo! <laughs> So I walked in the room, and I'm not even kidding, the whole wall was a built-in shelf that was built into the thing, and all of his planes were lined up like a fleet. <laughs> it was just like, thank you, God, <laughs> because he cares about all the things in our lives, and he cared about what Jeffrey, what his heart was, and they know he loves God. They, he shares that with them all the time. Now, they have a son. His name is Cameron. He's 21, and he, um, he, he cusses, and he does, you know, he, he's 21, and he's just out with his friends, and he got with Jeffrey in the car, and he was playing this rap music that had cussing music. And so Jeffrey said, he went back to April, and he said, you know, Cameron needs to go to church, and he has to find God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lord, we just, Lord, we just thank you for Jeffrey. <laughs>